earth is that? It's a journey into comics network production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey Into Comics Network. This is the Journey Into Comics Podcast. The show that's 100% dedicated to everything nerd. With your hosts, the Podfather, Nate Phillips, the Podmaster, Brandon Stone, and the Journey Into Comics Network stepdad, Tyler McLaughlin. Time to make the chibi chunks. Hey! Excellent! Finally. What did you do? And here we go. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. What's up, true believers? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. This is Journey Into Comics 319. It's me. I'm your host, Nate. Podfather, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm looking at you right now. If you're watching the video, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. You're here this Sunday evening. We really appreciate you joining us on any of the different watch parties. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and all the other different platforms. We're grateful that you're here. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into the show, you guys. First of all, it's been a time. I don't honestly know the last time. I don't think I could tell you the last time that I was doing a solo cast and doing a show by myself. It's been really great, you know, ever since um, Tyler fully joined at 250 Moving into 300 when Brandon came back to the show full time, you know, now here we are and Brando and Tyler had kind of a situation where neither of them could be available this week. You know, last week I didn't think I was going to get T.Y. and I got really lucky and got to have him on the show this week. We were going to be able to do a show together and unfortunately the universe deemed it not appropriate this week. So... Uh, with that being said, I'm going to be here by myself today just riffing on a bunch of different comic book news, a bunch of different stuff. I do have my trusty, dusty cell phone here with a bunch of different headlines and deadlines and topics to to bring to you guys, you know? So anyways, um, I don't even know where to start, really. There's been a, like kind of a lot of different news. I know one of the last times I was on, we briefly discussed how there keeps being these little teases and mentions that all the other Justice League members already in some form or fashion exist in the Batman, uh, Matt Reeves universe. Uh, And I think that's very important to kind of differentiate. So since then, they've kind of now confirmed Flash is probably a part of that universe too with a logo that looks like the Flashes. It also kind of looks like the company Electric Visual. They're a a sunglasses company. Uh, But anyways, that, that Batman is pretty cool and I'm really excited for it. And I and I think you guys are probably excited for it too, obviously. And and we keep seeing these different things. We saw a picture with Bruce Wayne, Catwoman, and the Penguin all together, like they were together at the same time doing something, leading me to believe possibly this is not the movie that we think we're getting, and maybe we're getting something a little bit different than what anyone is expecting, at least in narrative. Maybe uh, Oswald Cobblepot is not necessarily a bad guy in this movie. And maybe I'm 100% wrong on that. Who knows? We will have to watch the movie when it comes out to find out. So uh, with that being said, let's continue in the DC world a little bit because I'm just going to kind of keep the ball rolling on this episode. Um, Recently, there was some pretty huge news that dropped, and I felt like it was a really good spot to start really rocking the show today because it was uh, revealed that Jared Leto's Joker is returning. Well, not returning even because he wasn't really involved in the first one, but he's joining, that's a better way to say it, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So what does that mean? There's a lot of questions, and there's a lot of kind of stuff to talk about within that Snyderverse stuff. You know, we've heard Ben Affleck and Amber Heard and Ray Fisher 
have all went back to do some reshoot stuff. Um, Henry Cavill has, I think, done some stuff maybe. Don't quote me on that, but I, there's a list of people, and, and, and I don't remember who else on that. I digress. The most important part of that is is that Jared Leto joining this cast really legitimizes the possibility of an Ayers cut of the first Suicide Squad movie, not The Suicide Squad by James Gunn, just Suicide Squad. Uh, confusing. So, essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to see Jared Leto join and maybe give us uh, some deeper insight to he and Batman's relationship, which could be interesting. We could learn that they... You know, obviously have a much deeper history together and that, uh, you know, what we saw in just or in the Suicide Squad. I'm trying not to sneeze, by the way. This is a of course I tell you what, let's just let's just tangent right now because it's not a journey into comics. If we don't tangent, I'm probably going to sneeze anyway. So anytime you're doing something like a podcast or you're doing a recording or doing something important, I feel like no matter what. The universe is going to make you do one of a couple things. You're either going to get a tummy grumblings, you get gurgle guts. Oh God, I got to maybe take a dump or something, you know, whatever. Or, or, or the, the other thing is like maybe you've got to sneeze really bad, like I'm feeling right now, and I'm just trying to like talk my way out of sneezing so it doesn't affect me. Or the third one, and I feel like this is 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 sometimes like the worst timing in the world is itching. Like you'll be wearing a leather jacket, you'll have an itch on your back, but your leather jacket, you can't get your arm, can't get your arm back, you're like, I'm trying, I'm trying to reach, and I can't, and and, and it's unfortunate, and you're like, ah, I want to scratch my back, but I cannot do it, or you'll be driving, and on your foot, there's an itch on the bottom of your foot, and you're like, oh, I'm going to crash my fucking car into a cliff, if somebody does not come and itch my foot for me because it is excruciating and it's also my driving foot and also I don't have cruise control because, you know, maybe I don't have that luxury. Anyways, so back to the whole uh, getting my brain back on track because I got a little thrown off with the whole sneeze thing. Jared Leto joining the suicides or joining the Justice League, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, it, like I said, it does legitimize the air cut, and maybe we will see that, where we will see a deeper version of the Joker that we weren't allowed to see because of how the movie was edited down by Warner Bro execs. Um, but that also means that the Snyderverse is being legitimized, and that means that <clears throat> people that he, Zack Snyder, was eyeing with his team that cast his movies to do other parts in his initial vision that we were going to have our DCEU literally be this, okay? And I need, we, we have to go way back and, and, and like turn the clocks back. Man of Steel, he starts planning, and he knows that he could probably inevitably find a way to Justice League if things are done right, but he's got to play the execs game, and he's got to play it safe. So he does the Man of Steel movie. It goes well. They find a really clever way to utilize that movie and make it the beginning of the Batman v Superman movie, which had its own problems. The Ultimate Edition, substantially better. A lot of questions. And, and again, look, the Snyder cut of that. What I just say there, substantially better. It's better than the version that we got in the theaters. And while that's unfortunate, that's just what uh, movie execs in Hollywood does. Now, the nice thing about uh, HBO Max is they're going, hey, man. Play in your play box. Play, play out in the sandbox. Do whatever you're going to do. You need to bring this character in. Find a clever way to do it. What's the narrative you were you set out to tell when we started this fucking journey and you were putting Batman versus Superman and having the dawn of justice, the dawn of the Justice League, and then they had this whole tease, Unite the Seven, and then that got whittled down to like four and a quarter. Barry was like kind of there. And then, you know, in the Justice League, you had this like a lot of concepts that really could have been amazing but a lot of stuff that just seemed piecemealed together and 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 while it was a very enjoyable film and hadn't told a decent narrative for what it was going back and looking at it with a fine tooth comb now you find a lot of stuff that you're just like that's inconsistent it's redundant what what is Snyder's vision that's the great question is like what what does he bring to the table you know he is a visionary and I, you could disagree with whatever your opinion of Zack Snyder is. Listen, I am among this opinion. He made 300, which was incredible. He made the Watchmen, which was incredible. 
those two movies allow him a little bit of wiggle room to fuck up from time to time, Dawn of Justice, looking at you. So when we're getting this opportunity from HBO Max to really go for broke and get the Snyderverse, it just begs to question who else gets to play in the sandbox now. It's unfortunate because we've heard that, um, and I forgot his, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, has said he's not going to be playing Lex Luthor. And it's like, okay, well, does that mean he wasn't invited back? Is that him trying to no-sell that he's done with the character when really he is going to come back? I'm not sure. One name we know is coming back now as well, Joe Manganiello. I probably said that wrong. Sorry. Trying my best. It's really amazing that he's going to come back as Deathstroke as well because now look, the Joker... Jared Leto's Joker, Joe Manganiello, 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 whatever the fuck his name is, is Deathstroke. You have all these big name players coming back to really lend their their spot, and you know what I think is in, in jeopardy of happening. And 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 you know I dare this to be like a brave you know go out there statement. I think it is entirely possible that the Snyder Cut could totally reroute. Warner Brothers and make them either stop what they're doing altogether or recognize they're up against some very interesting competition. And it's not bad. As a fan, as a comic book fan, Batman. There's multiple Batmans. You've got Detective Comics, Batman, The Dark Knight, Batman and Robin, you know? All different kinds of titles that featured Bat feature Bruce Wayne and his stories, right? So we should be able to have that in the movies as well, which then turns me back yet again to the Flash thing. And it seems like, seems, just me saying it seems, it doesn't mean absolute, but it seems like because of the decisions of bringing back the Snyder Cut, they've been forced to look at their position and say, hey, we need to not only think about Michael Keaton, we need to bring Affleck too. And now we've got a very interesting dance, and now we're telling an interesting story because it's Ezra still, but Ezra's going to be involved in this other thing. But we can make a whole lot of money if we just make this all cohesive and work some way. And I think that's the ultimate end game. Now, one thing I also found very interesting, and I want to make sure I got all the names that aren't going to be involved because that was the really big headline of this, is that while you know we are going back to a very incredible... Um, let me find it here. Joe Manganiello, we already talked about. Ben Affleck, we talked about. Aha, here we go. So here are some names that are not going to be involved with the Snyder Cut. Uh, Jeff Johns and John Berg will not be serving as producers for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Now, what does that mean? It means they don't have any say at all. No creative control whatsoever. They can't put their two cents in, push the scales of quote-unquote justice to one direction. They cannot. The only thing that they are able to do is to sit back and watch everything unfold. But it's even crazier when you think about all the allegations that are coming from Ray Fisher. You have Ray Fisher claiming that there's a lot of really terrible stuff happening and a lot of enabling on behalf of Jeff Johns for people like Joss Whedon and John Burke to abuse talent and degrade them and, and, and you know, speak down to them essentially and, and a lot of different uh, questionable things we don't know the whole details because it's not all been released yet so we got to kind of speculate but right now it seems like there's a battle over the DC universe HBO saying we can do it better we can get the right people and just trust that they'll do it right and we have the money because you Warner Brothers have already given us the money so just let us take control while Warner Brothers is saying, man, we want to kind of keep control because we can make more money if we cut out the middle guy. But we also don't really know what we're doing because every time we take five steps forward, it's like we take 18 steps back. You have a lot of good, fun movies they've released. And I mean, Wonder Woman, awesome. Aquaman, eh, it, was, it was okay. It wasn't, I, need to, I do need to rewatch it and give it another peek behind the curtain to see what I really think about the movie now that I've had some time to digest it. But then you also had Shazam. I rewatched Shazam recently and it was absolutely stellar. Brando and I were just gushing on this movie and it's like, how can you not? How can you not be excited? 
at, at Shazam because the movie was so much fun. It was so creative and clever, and they did everything as a superhero fan you want. They played on kid beats and adult beats and made you feel in ways maybe you didn't think you were going to feel, damn it. And that's that's what movies are about. So, you know, I think they've done a lot of good things with the DCEU. However, when you look at how it as a whole has been handled and all the things you, all the allegations that are coming out and everything like that, you have to look at it and go, you know, a clean slate would be nice, but maybe if you really are allowed to tell the story you set out to tell from the beginning, things will make more sense. And now, maybe because the Snyder cut is going to legitimize Leto, who maybe was going to make an appearance, and then because Josh stepped, Joss stepped in when Zach stepped out, it is possible that um, you know Leto got lost in the shuffle and. Joss didn't want to bring him in or didn't maybe want to work with him or deal with him or whatever the reasoning was. Didn't think it fit his vision, as it were. Unfortunately, it wasn't his vision to finish, and I think that's amazing. There were enough fans that were like, you have to write this wrong, and HBO Max is like, we are gonna and we'll make a ton of money in the process, and they're gonna. It's gonna be successful. If you think people aren't gonna go out and buy the Snyder Cut on Blu-ray after it's dropped... After people have seen the product and all these, I mean, all the things that are swirling around this movie, it, it it really has a very large, a very high bar set for it. And you almost are afraid it could fail, but honestly, I don't think that it can. You have Zack Snyder helming this amazing ship, and he really wants to do right and make something and 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 prove to everybody that his vision is not horseshit and his vision has been modeled through a filter that has forced it to be shit and uh you know <clears throat> i think there have been some creative design decisions that have been against Joss's uh or not against Joss see i'm fucking up because there's too many people involved too many cooks in the kitchen but Zach's vision has been affected because, again, Warner Brothers says, oh, that guy looks too scary. You can't have Doomsday with all this shit sticking out of him. He's too brutal. So they had to tone it down, you know. And I feel that we, as we are, you know, let's see, seven months roughly away. Because I think they said about a, a, a May release is what they're hoping for for the Joss or for the I am going to fucking keep doing it because we we called it the justice league and it's stuck in my brain as that and i wanted to call it the justice league but it is the snyder verse baby so we're gonna get the snyder verse cut of justice league around may i think i think that's a, a a reasonable guesstimation maybe july maybe in in that range that's you heard it here first that's all i'm gonna say i think it's coming sooner rather than later because they don't want people to wait forever in 2021 we're already feeling pretty fucking hopeless especially when we're less than two weeks out now from the election as i pause burp, because i've just been talking about Zack snyder and the dc universe and all this stuff just for a quick second this is your podfather reaching out to you reaching through the screen grabbing you by your heart and saying hey go out and vote if you have the availability to vote whether it's absentee ballot voting by mail, whatever it is, this election in the United States of America is hands down the most important. And I feel as a citizen of America, I need to tell you, another citizen of America, that we need to take our country back. We are in really bad shape. The last four years has nearly decimated us and we need to be strong. So go out and vote. That's all I can say. If you have an opportunity, if you're an able-bodied person, if you can find a way to the polls, if you can stand for seven hours, I've seen people do it. Whatever it takes, that is an absolute fact, whatever it takes. So anyways, back to the show. There's more stuff in the DC Universe to talk about, all right? And I'm going to just kind of run through the gauntlet a little bit uh, here uh, because, you know, recently uh, Empire is like an entertainment magazine. And a lot of times they are the breakers of, um, cast reveals, images, official first looks at stuff. And, uh, they've done it again. They officially have a dual cover with the suicide squad, uh, movie. It has all the cast on one of them in a very serious pose. And on the other one, it's all shot up and the cast is all, you know, dorky and having fun. And James Gunn is also there and it kind of represents them as a family, which I think is very beautiful uh, to, to kind of run it down here. You know, just looking quickly at it and it's, it is kind of hard to see. There's, there are so many characters here. 
Um, but you've got Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, Peter Capaldi as Clifford DeVoe, also known as The Thinker. We saw him in season four of The Flash. DeVoe was a very, very big role uh, piece in the entire Flash story over there on CW. And we're going to be getting to more CW talk here in a minute. Don't think I'm not going to be talking about that. Flew LeBorg is going to be playing Javelin. Sean Gunn as John Monroe or The Weasel. Uh, Pete Davidson as Richard Hertz also known as Blackguard, Steve A.G. as King Shark, Jai Courtney as Digger Harkness, also known as Captain Boomerang, um, Mei Ling Ning as Mongol, Nathan Fillion as Floyd Belkin, also known as TDK, uh, Idris Elba as Robert Dubois, Bloodsport, John Cena as Christopher Smith, also known as Peacemaker, and we know that John Cena is getting his own spinoff series on HBO, just to again further say that this uh, bigger picture with what HBO is planning, I think is to kind of have a, a takeover of DC. Let's continue as David Dashmalchain is Abner Krill, also known as Polka Dot Man. Michael Rooker is Brian Durst, also known as Savant. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn, and Daniela uh, Melchor as Ratcatcher 2. And then, of course, like I said, in the other version of the cover, you also have a James Gunn in the picture, you know. So uh, I'm really excited for Suicide Squad. And I hope you guys are as well. I want to know what your thoughts are on the Suicide Squad. So if you're here on YouTube or on Facebook, wherever you are, what do you guys think about the new Suicide Squad movie coming up as opposed to the Suicide Squad movie we got in 2016? And then now, as opposed to the rumor, we might be ending up with an air cut of Suicide Squad. Now, I, I'm not going to stoke the flame too much on the air cut only because, you know, he did say a, a complete version of the movie exists. But it's not how you think, and I think it's misleading to say that it is that way because there isn't a completed movie as in how they edited it. Um, they didn't do a final edit in the way he wanted you know, the movie to be before they made every cut. But he did in the novelization of the movie, or of the, yeah, the novelization of the movie in the book form, uh, that's the most complete version of his story. So technically it kind of exists. Um, but again, don't get your hopes up too, too much. I do think that Jared Leto joining the Justice League movie, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League movie again, can kind of let that seed spread in its own thing. And then now you're going to have James Gunn. And I think that what we're going to see is James Gunn's Suicide Squad be tonally, emotionally, and completely culturally different than something we've seen before and how he does this movie. I don't think that we as fans are going to be expecting it because I almost feel it's, I, I haven't seen it obviously, but if I were to guess it's, I think in a lot of ways going to have that almost like Tucker and Dale versus evil vibe where, you know, these guys are all setting out to go do whatever this mission is that they're setting out on, but they are their own worst enemy. And they ultimately cause a lot of their own demises. And most of these people who are in this movie aren't going to be in the movie for a really long time. And, and some of the characters won't make it into a sequel if there's going to be one, you know, as we learned in the first suicide squad, one of the most important things is they are expendable task force X. They are the team of bad guys that could be blown up if they don't listen to Amanda Waller, you know, like we already know the game plan. So James Gunn's got to come in from a different perspective. And if you have like somebody who, you know, is named Javelin, who fucks up and throws a javelin through himself somehow. I don't know how that even would even work, but, you know, maybe. It would be hilarious, and we as fans would not be expecting it. And then it becomes like it's comedy, but if you still have a heartwarming story within that comedy, it becomes cult classic, it becomes golden, and then that becomes special territory. So, again, comment below. Let me know what you guys think of the Suicide Squad stuff that's been going on, as well as the Snyderverse information that I've just fed to you Um just this past couple minutes. Now, this is the really the last big piece of DC news, and boy, is it a doozy, and it's such a doozy. I've only seen the headline. I have not read the actual article. I'm going to actually read it right here live on the podcast for the first time with my eyeballs. I want to even show you guys just with my phone. It's not been pulled up yet. Oh, that's cool. You guys can see, but yeah, it's not been pulled up yet. I don't have any, like, nasty tabs or whatever. Like, you know, people get busted doing stupid shit by showing their phones. Come on, man. Just don't have stupid shit on your phone. Be better. Anyways, so Mark Guggenheim is leaving or has officially left the Arrowverse, and we are at an end of an era. And let's let's read this. 
During a panel for Comic-Con's International Storytelling Across Media series, Arrow and DC's Legends of Tomorrow co-creator Mark Guggenheim confirmed he has officially stepped away from the Arrowverse. While Guggenheim has not served as showrunner on Legends on Arrow or Legends for a few years, his involvement as the showrunner of the CW's annual DC superhero crossover events had kept him very involved in a day-to-day operation for the shared universe of those shows that those shows inhabit. Now with Arrow finished and Supergirl about to wrap, Guggenheim is ready to move on, with last year's Crisis on Infinite Earths mega event as his victory lap. Earlier this year, when uh, comicbook.com spoke with Guggenheim about his directorial debut on an episode of Legends, he still wasn't quite sure what was going on with the universe he helped usher into existence. While he had initially intended to let Crisis be a swan song, the pandemic had raised questions as to whether he would want to stick around to help ease the transition in 2021. Instead, Guggenheim and Arrow co-creator Greg Berlanti, area working with comics legend Jeff Johns on... Oh, that's a typo because they, of course, always have fucking typos on comic book. Uh, Let's read that again. As Guggenheim and co-creator Greg Berlanti are working with comic legend Jeff Johns on the Green Lantern for HBO Max. So they've transitioned from CW show now to HBO Max. Here is a quote. It says, With the end of Arrow, I finished off Crisis on Infinite Earths. I basically decided the chapter's been closed here, and it seems like I've said all I'm going to say at least for now, with these characters in this medium. I've decided to sort of move on from the Arrowverse. By now, everyone knows that I'm involved with the Green Lantern launch for HBO Max, so I'm not going too far away, but I am stepping aside from the Arrowverse for the time being. Um, Of course, you know, that raises a lot of questions for the future, and, you know, what's to come? Uh, Berlanti and Guggenheim really created something very special and unique. I mean, Arrow is one of those shows that... Kinda, if you didn't get the culture or weren't, you know, didn't buy in, it was a slow starter, long build, first season's 23 grueling episodes of learning about Oliver Queen, but then when it pops off, boy, does it pop off, and then in season two, when it pops off, boy, does it pop off, and then it just doesn't stop, I mean, I'm a couple seasons behind on Arrow, admittedly, I fell off, unfortunately, but... Um, it's a show that I love dearly, and Mark Berlanti or Mark Guggenheim and Greg Berlanti uh, did a fantastic job with that in Legends and, and doing everything within the entirety of the uh, the Arrowverse. So that's, I mean, the end of a chapter, really, the end of an era for us uh, having Ber, uh, having Mark Guggenheim step down from from his role. Uh, so let's go ahead and just. Do a soft pivot here. I don't know how you how you want to look at that soft pivot, whatever it was. But uh, let's talk about Marvel now. There's some Marvel news, and I want to talk about it. And I want to dive into some headlines, deadlines, as I always say and do. And let's see. Uh, oh, yep. Hey, Ty. Ty just sent me something I've already covered on the podcast, but he wanted to make sure it was covered. Ty, I got you. We covered Joe Manganiello. 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 I'm not sure how the fuck you say that. Uh, maybe somebody can comment down below exactly the pronunciation of that. Okay, so I want to talk about a little thing and then talk about a couple big things. So there was something that came out, and it's a book, and you guys can go buy it. I think it's on Amazon. It's on a bunch of different places. It's called The Wakanda Files. And essentially this is like a book that was created by the people who are within the MCU. So, you know, your your Feige probably had at least some say. This is all the information, and it talks a lot about, and I'm going to go through kind of a quick list here of a lot of different things that are either confirmed, things we didn't know, gaps being filled in, stuff we got to learn, things that get further fleshed out within the MCU story that make the bigger canon even more impressive. So let's go ahead and look at... This one, because I felt it was interesting, and I have an, an, another thought thanks to an amazing uh, YouTube show that I watch. So, uh, according to this book, and I'm going to read directly from it, but the headline says that Tony Stark knew about other realities before the time heist. So, let's go ahead and get to it. The new book called The Wakanda Files details some 
Marvel Cinematic Universe Secrets. Sci-Fi Wire took a look inside the book and shared their observation. And it says this. The book makes it seem like Tony Stark was already aware of the fact in an encrypted message sent to Bruce Banner in which he shares his findings on time-space GPS. Using David Deutsch's model of the quantum mechanics, Tony writes, altering events of the past could never affect the continuous loop, though it could create tangential time sp- uh, sp- tangential split timelines. He quickly follows that up with, let's not worry about that for the time being, right? One reality at a time for all our sanity. So it does seem to kind of, uh, you know, confirm that Tony had a little bit more insight and kind of knew what they were getting into by going into the past. Like they were fixing their future, but every version of the Avengers is eventually going to have to do the same kind of things. I mean, at least depending on how the universes are made. Um, Here's the most interesting thing. There's a line, and thanks to New Rock Stars, who does a bunch of YouTube videos, uh, Eric Voss, he's on there. He's great. Uh, shout out to you, Eric Voss. Uh, but anyways, he was talking about how there's a line in Endgame that has totally been overlooked as something we really need to pay attention to. Okay. Tony and Cap are on the battlefield. Tony says to Cap, when you mess with time, it tends to mess back. Dot, dot, dot. You'll see. Now, you would think you'll see probably has directly to do with what? Thanos coming to beat that ass and everything that happens, right? And And he's expecting it to be the worst of the worst. However, what if Tony knows that Kang, the Conqueror, is coming? Because he kind of is the smartest genius, and maybe he doesn't directly know a guy named Kang is coming, but maybe in his studies, he deduced it's possible there's a being out there that is aware of time travel and affecting the timeline, and that if you mess with it, maybe, maybe it's possible that uh you know he'll come and and beat that ass. So let's let's continue on in the book because. You know, it's it's pretty impressive the amount of different things that were kind of revealed through this book. First, Iron Man knew about the other realities. Now, um, this one's pretty interesting. Shuri, in her Wakanda file, uh, reveals that she is trying to recreate the heart-shaped herb. As you know, uh, when T'Challa ate it, the last one after Killmonger destroyed all the heart-shaped herbs so no one else could have the Black Panther's power, um, except for one was spared. Um, There's no more on Wakanda. So Shuri, it says, According to the Wakanda file, Shuri began looking into a way to synthesize the heart-shaped herb after Killmonger burned the entire supply following his usurpation of the throne. Uh, she even considers stabilizing the effects of her synthetic herb by adding some vibranium into the mix, but notes that she can't do too much until she has studied a sample of the original botanical. It is unclear whether or not this will tie directly into her next chapter, um, but there's obviously uncertainty due to Chadwick Boseman's passing. Shuri also noted in the files that she finds herself fascinated with the extremist research done by Aldrich Killian, obviously from... Iron Man 3, um, and Maya Hansen, again, Iron Man 3. Shuri claims the idea has potential, which could be something she explores uh, she explores, or another group like AIM explores in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, possibly leading to the introduction of a live-action MODOK. Yes, I am here for MODOK. Please bring us live-action MODOK. I would be about it. We've talked a lot about MODOK recently, actually, on the show, and how excited I am for the Hulu show. Hopefully that's coming soon. So, uh, let's continue on. Brandon has just sent something to the thing, and he says uh, that he's actually currently watching BVS. So, shout out to Brando, who's watching BVS as I'm talking about BVS. It's like, here, I'm going to do this. Check this out. Hey, guys, I'm live on the podcast right now. I'm doing the show, you know, that we do together. And they can hear me and see me that I'm doing this. But I just want to let you guys know that I've covered Joe Manganiello, Manganiello, however the fuck you say that, his return to the Snyder Cut. 
And also, we've talked about BVS in this episode, so you guys are literally inside of my brain hole, and it's fucking me up. It is crazy right now how this is happening. Brandon literally says, as flawed... Oh, let me stop recording so you guys don't hear me say what you said, Brando. But Brando says, as flawed as BVS was the first time I saw it, and I still defended it as not as bad as people said, the more I watch it, the more I like it. We were just talking about it. Like, it's not that bad of a movie. There's just a lot of things that I think... Once you filter through what Zack Snyder had to filter through, I think we're going to find a lot of really great stuff within this universe he's trying to build for us. As a fan of the comics and as a fan of the source material. Brandon also says, I am legitimately excited to see the extended JL cut and hopefully what it can mean going forward. Which we also talked about in the Snyderverse. It's so crazy. They, they, they're they here in spirit, man. My two co-hosts are here in spirit. I love those dudes. I'm really grateful to have them. I'm grateful to have everybody who's a part of the network, man. You guys all work so hard. If you're listening to this, thank you if you're a part of the network. Let's continue on to these files because there's a few more that are pretty interesting. And then Actually, there's two more that I have. Two more, and then we're going to get into a couple little different things, jump around here, and then get ourselves out. So... Iron Man has revealed why he built the Iron Spider suit. Again, in the Wakanda file, Stark's personal log indicates that he began developing the Iron Spider suit after his research on nanoparticles. The fight in Berlin impressed Iron Man enough to upgrade Spider-Man's arsenal substantially. Stark astutely noticed Peter's spider sense, but thought some other upgrades were in order. The web shooters are reinforced to make their own web solution. He left that unchanged from Spider-Man's formula. There's a full life support system on board along with an HUD and the lens, a complete and total upgrade after Peter proved himself in Civil War. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, that they actually give you, like, again, they're peeling more back and letting us see all this really nifty stuff that, you know, they probably never would have covered in the movies. They're not going to throw certain one-liners about why Stark created the suit. No one cares about why he created the suit. They just like the suit he saved peter's life when peter was up on the q ship and he couldn't breathe and and he's because he's running out of oxygen peter's like that makes sense and he passed out next thing you know iron spider suit's like bam saved it got you buddy i got you settle down it's fine okay so let's go on to this because there's more spider secrets from iron man as this is another thing in the Wakanda files, it's revealed that Tony Stark created the suit as a bargaining chip for getting Peter to join the Avengers. Once he got the hang of the upgrades, I'll lend him a hand. Or four, Stark's files notate in the in-universe book released earlier this week. If we give him nanotech spider legs that are built that are that built from his back, it can be a safeguard from falling, a defense mechanism. It won't get carried away like Cross did with that yellow jacket suit, but it could be a fun touch. So see look, yellow jacket kind of sprinkles back all the way into the design of the Iron Spider suit, and villains are inspiring heroes and vice versa in this universe. And that's again why I so greatly love what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing, has done, and will continue to do for years to come. So what does that mean? For years to come, what is to come? There's a lot of things to come. And I want to talk about, let's look at this last couple things here. We've talked about that. Okay, we have to save that because the order of operation. You know, we were just talking about Spider-Man. We were just talking about him. Let's talk about Tom Holland real quick because we're going to just do a little double pivot, double back here. Tom Holland, let's just talk about this for a second. The first picture has been revealed of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. If I could just like Fallon, it would be on the screen, but it probably won't be because I'm don't. i not an editing wizard. Sorry, guys. I barely know what I'm doing right now. Uh, but... <clears throat> It was revealed, his picture of Nathan Drake on set. So Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Nolan North is there on set with him. I don't know coaching him or what, just talking to him, getting a feel for him. And even Nolan North was like, it's like, it's just stepping into a mirror. Like, it's just like a part of a world I'm actually, I've been a part of sort of. And it's very bizarre for him. I think it's amazing. But this is one thing that's important to note while I'm talking about Tom Holland. The Uncharted game and movie. The, the game is amazing. Obviously, the movie is going to... It looks great, and I'm really hopeful that they do it right. It seems like they're probably going to do it right, you know? I mean, Sony, they're in-house with Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog is there making sure the, the movie has the beats and the tones they want it to. Tom Holland looks phenomenal as Nathan Drake. Absolutely just not... I wouldn't say dead ringer, but just 
encapsulates it. This kid fucking gets it. He gets it. He gets it. I'm just going to keep saying he gets it. That's all I know, know how to say. But after he's finished with this movie, which is almost done filming, he'll be transitioning immediately. And I would say probably next month here in November coming into October or November into coming into December because I'm all backwards. 2020 is breaking my brain, people. You're watching it unfold live in real time here on The Truman Show. Tune in. Anyways, so uh, back to it. What I'm trying to say is this. Tom Holland is doing the Uncharted thing. He's going to go start filming Spider-Man 3, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jamie Foxx. We're going to start to see stuff come out. Obviously, they've said that movie is coming out December of next year. So they're going to have a whole year to film it, edit it, get it out to us, and all that. Here's the even crazier part. They've actually even said, we're going to get a first look in December. So we might already have footage that's being filmed now that we aren't aware of. They might have a bunch of other stuff in the works that they are shooting for that is going to blow us away. And then they say, check it out. One year. one year. Give us one year, baby. And December next year, you're going to have a great Spider-Man movie. And it might be the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. Who knows? I think they're trying to set the bar as high as they can with the hopes that they make so fucking much money in Christmas time. Sony has no other option. But to just say, fine, man, you guys do Spider-Man the best. The best. Just keep doing it. Just let's keep working together. Because that's, I think, what we really, really, really need. I'm really excited for Spider-Man 3. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are looking forward to it as well. And I also want to just say, let me know what you think. Again, in the comments below, let's have some interaction. I love to talk to you people. It's really confusing because we have to record it before we release it. So some of you guys are getting in our live chat and are talking to me and, and stuff, and, and I'm not actually responding on the show, and I feel bad, but it's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that how I record, how we record the show, we don't have it already, like, flowing. We're not live streamers. We're, we have to pre-tape, bro. We're not editing shit, but we have to get it all together and set up so we uh, can make sure it's done right and we don't have any flubbies, you know. My hope is that I haven't had the stupidest thing happen, which is what we call a... Uh, an Optimus Prime moment. Uh, being primed is not fun. It just happened to Buckles this past week on Journey into Wrestling. Journey into Wrestling, check it out every Wednesday on the Journey into Comics network, journeyintocomics.com. All the different places you get right down here. Go to all those different ones, and you can just download the podcast by searching, you ready for it? Journey into Comics Network. Our one feed, man, it's not that hard. Anyways, let's get back to it. I love keeping people who have been cast as something in that role if they were good at it or if they were in that role and had they been put in a position to succeed, they would have been good at it because they've been good at everything else they've done. And what I mean by that is Doug Jones, the Doug Jones, man, Doug Jones, Abe Sapien and fucking tons of other things as well as the Silver Surfer has said he would love to come back to the MCU to continue to play the role or to reignite or to recreate the role of uh, Silver Surfer. And now with Jamie Foxx kind of doing that same song and dance, it does kind of leave the question and the door open. Could we see that? Could we actually see, uh, you know, the greatness that is... Um, the return of Doug Jones as Silver Surfer in an upcoming Fantastic Four movie because you know the future of the MCU can only ever point to the biggest big bad. I mean, there's no greater big villain than Galactus. And the amazing, lovely, brilliant thing is, is that here's what we've never really talked about is what happens when, if the world doesn't end due to climate change and all the other terrible things that are happening around us, if we get to a point where... They beat Galactus, and they beat Ultron, and they beat Annihilation, and they whooped Thanos' ass, and they went and kicked Eternity's ass, and they, and the Avengers have done, and they've beat everybody. What do you do then? I, I think that you just kind of reset your world, and you start from scratch. You literally could end with Secret Wars. Make that your grand finale. Make Secret Wars the finale, and then start fresh where... People from all these different places are now on one world, and they're different variations of these characters. None of the characters we've had before. And maybe a worse Thanos, an eviler so-and-so, a crazier version of Ultron that is, you know, much more menacing with greater and higher stakes. Um, 
because at some point, you know, when I'm like 70, they're still going to be pumping out movies. That I mean, we, we're going to have to have gone through like a majority of the source material. Hopefully, maybe in the time that they will create new great source material. We can always hope that somebody will come along and say, hey, oh my gosh, you know what I thought about this crazy villain that could fight the Avengers and he's absolutely unstoppable and here's his power and here's where he comes from and blah, 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 and he's the greatest thing of all time. And everybody goes, okay, put him in a movie. Let's do it. You know, but we'll see. We will see. So let's continue on. Doug Jones, we've talked about that. What's this headline? Oh, this is. I'm going to do something we haven't done in a long time. A drink break brought to you by Poor 360. That does, in fact, drop tomorrow. I think I'm going to be a guest with AP. We are going to be talking about this final demo, uh, the final debate, presidential debate between Donald Trump and between Joe Biden going into this election nine or so, eight or so days away at this point. Uh, I'm going to take this quick drink break. Again, brought to you by AP's amazing show, Poor 360. We love you guys. So one of those Wakanda file things slid past me and I totally missed it. So here's me writing that wrong. The book actually also reveals how Captain America survived being frozen. So, it says, due to Cap's insanely strong body, he is able to burn nearly 8,000 calories per day just by resting. The book explains that his increased metabolism was the reason he was able to live in sub-zero temperatures over the course of seven decades without dying. Sure learned that S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury sent a classified memo to Phil Coulson, which explained Captain America's increased metabolism and his increased immune system put him into a cryogenic hibernation. And, um... It's really fun to to talk about Cap really quick because Ollie and I just recently froze his Captain America Gameverse toy, and they're they're off screen. Some I don't know where they are, but this is the first time I've collected, uh, or well, he's collected them, but I I helped facilitate his collection, um, the Marvel Legends line, and it's absolutely really amazing, especially for a kid. Because as a kid, he's playing with all these characters, these guys he doesn't really, Sunspot and Rage and, and playing with Leader and Abomination and stuff, Mach 1. He's liking all these characters, but then, like I said, I said Abomination because he's the Build-A-Figure, so if you collect the whole line, you build this massive Abomination, and the it's, it's absolutely incredible. It is absolutely amazing, and I think that more people should get into it. It kind of does suck because they are 20 bucks a pop, so it's kind of like, ah! You know, every time you're like, kid, that's 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 expensive for my blood. But I digress. Anyways, let's continue on with some of this other news. Uh, Love and Thunder, Thor, new movie coming out. Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Hope you've heard of it. If you haven't, I don't know where you've been or what rock you've been living under. Um, <clears throat> someone asked Natalie Portman a very important question that I think is a spoiler. It's a massive gigantic spoiler and the fact that it hasn't been more like everybody on the internet like let's officially say that there's not they're not bullshitting this time and we're getting the story that i think we're getting or at least a a version of that story someone asked her do you get to hold the hammer and she affirmed i do i do and she says i'd be like look at me now boys that's exactly what I'm doing in the script. Look at me now, fuckers. I've got the hammer. Please tell me that's in the script. Oh, yeah, that's basically all I say. So, yeah, there's a little exchange that was a little ESPNW thing. You go to ESPNW on the Twitter and see the actual thing. Uh, looks like, oh, God, it's hard to see. Whatever. ESPNW on Twitter. Just go there. You'll see it. You'll see the video. It's from October 21st. Natalie Portman. She's talking about Thor. I'm excited for that movie. I'm just going to say it. Um, so we've really only got one headline left to talk about. But this headline encompasses more than just one thing. Because one thing is rapping. Another thing is rapping. Those two things that rap that seemingly have nothing to do with each other have a secret tie-in. The secret tie-in makes me have great questions, and breaking it down with you guys hopefully is going to give your opinion a little bit of a boost and a little bit of a changed thought on a movie coming up in the future. So what am I talking about? What am I getting to? What am I being? Why am I being so elusive? Why am I being mysterious, as it were? 
Because it's fun to be that way. That's fucking why. Anyways, let's talk about it. Shang-Chi has finished rapping. It's amazing. Great, right? You didn't just jump out of your seat, did you? You're probably not even sure why you should show any interest in this movie. You also probably are totally blissfully 100% unaware that this movie snuck into the MCU timeline and jumped over Eternals, a movie that we were actually supposed to get next month will now not come out until late next year. So let's talk about it, right? here. Here's where things get interesting, okay? Because of everything, the rigmarole of coronavirus changing things around, some stuff got moved around, places that were filming scenes got shuffled around. We've been revealed there's some shots that were filmed in San Francisco for Shang-Chi. It's also been revealed there's a, a main portion of the film that was featured in parts of uh, Australia. Let me tell you, why is this exciting? What's going on? Uh, this movie is like Dragon Ball Z world tournament, essentially. You're going to have a bunch of people in a tournament fighting to to win the Ten Rings. Uh, Mandarin is obviously going to be the guy wielding the Ten Rings or putting the tournament together. But here's where things get interesting. There are several people from the MCU's past that have been confirmed or will be soon confirmed to be returning to this movie and return to this movie. What people think about it. You have a tournament, people who are fighters, fighters who don't necessarily have powers. They're just great fighters. Shang Chi doesn't have crazy superpowers. He's a great fighter. You know who else is a great fighter? Batrock. You're like Batrock. Who's that? Remember winter soldier, George St. Pierre's character. That's Batrock. He, he threw those crazy kicks, crazy kick guy. He's somebody that could be brought in. Another name that has actually not just been thrown around, but has been confirmed, all but confirmed. Let's let's find out. It seems that ahead of the debut of Shang-Chi, a classic X-Men character and longtime Wolverine rival will join. Uh let's see. Oh, See, they trick me. They trick me on um, on the headline. But luckily for them, I already watched a thing where somebody else broke down how it's been almost 85% confirmed that Omega Red is going to be in this tournament as well. And uh, it's also been confirmed that some of the people who are in that fight might have broken out of the same prison that Red Guardian breaks out of in Black Widow, which you're like, Red Guardian breaks out of a prison in Black Widow. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Go watch it. You might not know that, but that's probably what something's going to happen. There's going to be a jailbreak scene. And it could involve other people who are in the MCU's history, who have been villains, heroes, otherwise, getting brought back into the mix. And you think about it, a tournament, 16 fighters. You have kind of like this Enter the Dragon kind of big trouble in little China vibe going on, you know, uh, 10 rings to rule them all, as it were. Uh, it seems to me that once we get a trailer for Shang-Chi, people are going to be ballistic about this movie. They're going to go nuts. They're going to be like, wow, how did I sleep on wanting to see this movie? It looks amazing. I'm excited. You know, it's really crazy to think also Eternals has more stuff filmed. Eternals is closer to being finished. But they chose to push that movie back so we could get Shang-Chi. What does that say about the quality of Shang-Chi as a movie? As fans of the MCU, we've we've been conditioned to believe they can make any movie great. They did it with Guardians. They proved everyone wrong. You know, they did it with Thor Ragnarok and showing that they could reinvent a character that seemed maybe a little bit stale. Now they're giving us this real task of saying, look, we're going to go deep. We're going to pull a deep, deep cut, and we're going to trust that you guys are going to join us. But we're not just, okay, we're going to put it out in February like we originally planned. They're planning for a summer release, you guys. A summer blockbuster? Shang-Chi? Think about that. That means they have so much confidence in what they're producing, and they know we are going to see it and want to see more. That they moved it to the 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 fucking Avengers Endgame spot essentially of money making where it's just gonna sit there and 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 rake in through the summer. 
people are going to go back and see it. If things are getting back to quote-unquote normal, if we ever have normal and get to go back to movie theaters, uh, I think, honestly, these kind of movies are going to kill in the future because so many people are wanting to go out and do things now. And as you aren't allowed to do, this is the longest stretch I've ever been without being in a movie theater my entire life, I'm pretty sure. It hurts. It's weird. It's weird to think, oh, I don't want to. I couldn't even consider it. I mean, yeah, there's safety protocols, but I just feel like I'm putting myself at risk. And that's a shocking thing, too. Don't put yourself at risk. Don't be an asshole. I learned that 51% of America are not wearing masks. Come on, man. You be better if you're not wearing a mask. Wear a mask, please. Seriously, let's get out of this mess and get back to normal living. Like, for the love of God, like, let's do it. I don't even believe in God, but seriously, you just, it just, it just takes being courteous to your fellow man. That's all I'm trying to say. Back to Shang-Chi. It's also been rumored Fang Fang Foom could debut in Shang-Chi and be unleashed on account of the Ten Rings. And maybe it has something to do with the Mandarin, possibly. So there's a lot of uh, really big headlines and big plot points pointing towards what Shang-Chi is going to be and what Shang-Chi is going to do. So I'm really looking forward to it. Now, I said Batrock. I was talking about him a little bit. He He's not just going to be involved in Shang-Chi. He also is definitely involved, we've seen from the set pictures, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Another thing that's really interesting to note, in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier mini-mates that just hit Walgreens, U.S. agent John Walker is actually on the package called Captain America, parentheses, John Walker. Does that mean that maybe the government gives the Captain America title to John Walker, who maybe is not Cap? He is not the tempered man that, you know, Sam Wilson is, not the tempered man that, that Cap chose to to succeed him. And does that then also mean that U.S. agent is quasi also a villain who is, you know, maybe given an arc of change where we can see somebody who needs redemption be redeemed? Or is he going to be kind of this mantle that Bucky and Falcon have to live up to and are trying to to try to show, like, we're better than that. You guys are giving us shittier assignments. We're doing harder work. This guy's an asshole. He just keeps beating the shit out of people. You know, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm really, I am really not sure. Uh, all I can say is I'm looking forward to all the content that's coming out in the near future. You know, we are not very far away now at all from uh, the WandaVision series coming out. We are less than at release today, release day, you're less than a week. You got four days, bro. If you're watching this on Sunday, you got five. But four or five days until Mandalorian Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. I know you're going to be checking it out. Episode 1, everybody's going to be talking about it. And that's one thing I love about Disney Plus too. You don't give us the binge option. Gives us a weaker change to digest what we're seeing. Here on the Journey into Comics podcast, we're going to have to digest. And as a group, a group of dudes who love Mandalorian and Star Wars lore and all that, we're going to have to discuss episode by episode what we thought, breaking it down here for you guys. As we're about 57 or so minutes into the podcast, I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening because I think... It's pretty much going to do it for today. Just as a fail-safe, it is Saturday night. I will one last time peruse the uh, interwebs to see if there has been a late-breaking headline. Sometimes we get crazy lucky and stuff like that happens. Um, But it does not... Oh, they did. Okay. I'm going to talk about it because it's amazing. Holy shit. Mark Wahlberg has revealed a video of himself as Sully from Uncharted. And, uh... Don't ask. Don't ask. Yeah, that's his Sully. And, uh, it's exciting. Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Nathan Drake, Sully together... I'm excited. We talked about it earlier. I just want to say again, I'm excited. There's no more breaking news, folks. So I think that's going to wrap it for this week's episode of the Journey Into Comics podcast. As I said earlier, check us out at journeyintocomics.com. Down below, right here, across this little choop, 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 choop. Yeah, 
that's where you can go. All the different places. Your Podbeans, your Spotify's, your CastBox, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Music, and Apple Music. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. I do encourage you to go to journeyintocomics.com. Go check out our archives of all the different shows that we've had on the network through our entire history. 1,200 different shows or different episodes released through the different shows that we have had. Uh, also, thank for thank you all, you Facebook users who are watching right now as I fuck this line up. Thank you so much for checking out our live stream on YouTube, also on Facebook. We appreciate every single person tuning in. Make sure to share. Like, comment, subscribe, do all those amazing things for us. We appreciate you guys so much. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This has been Journey into Comics 319. Ten rings to rule the Snyderverse. I have been Nate. And as always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.